don't shoot the messenger. It's not what I want, but what I think is gonna happen is Micro Four Thirds is gonna die. Not suddenly, but slowly over the course of the next couple of years. This is a podcast, the picture of this podcast, you can listen to it on your favorite podcasting app. So be sure to subscribe. And maybe next time you're driving or something, you don't feel like watching a video, you should listen to us. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain, website, or online store, make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace features beautiful, award-winning designer templates and all-in-one platform, award-winning 24-7 customer support, and it's perfect for just about any type of website. Hey, Chelsea and I both host our own portfolios on Squarespace, so why not give it a shot? You can go to squarespace.com Tony and use the coupon code Tony for 10% off after your 14-day free trial, no credit card required. Speaking of, Chelsea hurt herself playing soccer. That's why she couldn't be here today, so I'm solo today. But they said, right? But Panasonic, sure, Panasonic, who is one of the leading Micro Four Thirds manufacturers, they announced this new full-frame camera that's coming out, and it's all very exciting, but they said they're not giving up on Micro Four Thirds. But you know what? Manufacturers never tell you when they're quitting a platform. This has happened over and over again. When Canon switched from the FD mount to EOS, they said they were going to keep supporting the FD mount. And sure enough, it died off. When Panasonic switched from four-thirds to micro four-thirds, Remember when they said, hey, we're dropping all the four-thirds stuff? No, they never said that. Samsung never officially quit their NX lineup. Nikon never officially quit the Nikon 1 series. Sony, the last I heard, they were still saying that they were supporting the A-mount cameras. But when was the last time you saw a new A-mount lens or something? Camera manufacturers, they ghost you, okay? They do not make an announcement that they're gonna drop a lens lineup. And in fact, they flat out lie about it. I mean, they don't necessarily know. They might be telling the truth when they tell you that they're gonna keep supporting some mount, but they don't know. The PR person certainly doesn't know. Nobody in a company can predict what's going to happen in a couple of years. They might have the best of intentions to do everything, but it's not possible. And if it was possible, like I said, they're not going to enrage all of their existing customers by telling them that they're dropping support for a platform they put thousands of dollars in. That's my job, right? To look at this objectively, to try to predict the future. And it's nobody who has to predict the future is perfect. Your weather guy probably sucks, right? Because his job is predicting the future. And right now that's my job too. And it is relevant because I make camera recommendations to people that they will spend thousands of dollars on. And I don't want to tell somebody to buy into a system if I'm not confident that it has a solid future because that will cost you money because it will mean you won't get as much in resale value. It could be very difficult to sell stuff for a lens lineup that is dying off. I want you to put your money in a place where it's going to be safe. First point here, smartphones are now the only compact camera. A little bit of history. When Micro Four Thirds came out, most cameras were SLRs. So Micro Four Thirds became a much smaller platform, but in a couple of ways. They had a smaller sensor, about the quarter of a size of a full-frame sensor, but they also were mirrorless. So they were able to reduce that flange distance, and it meant that the cameras themselves could be much smaller. And people flocked to it because they were tired of ho holding like huge SLRs like this big old D850 here, like that is a whole lot to carry around. So something like a GH5 comes out and claims to have the same performance and everything in a much smaller package, that's super appealing to anybody who has ever held a camera or tried to walk somewhere, right? But nowadays, 
we have this. This is my fantastic Google Pixel 3 XL. It takes great cameras. And in fact, some recent studies as far as things like dynamic range and sharpness goes, it actually performs really closely to a micro four-thirds sensor thanks to all the fancy computational photography tricks that it does. But more importantly, people as a whole have stopped buying these small cameras. This isn't my projection. This is the way market sales have actually gone. Low-end cameras aren't selling. Point-and-shoot cameras, fixed-lens cameras, small sensors are not selling. You now have people divided between those who think their smartphone gets good enough results and those who are serious and want bigger cameras. This is the truth. Smartphones killed the consumer camera. I have a whole video on it. Sensor size is no longer the biggest part of costs. Part of the reason we originally had full-frame DSLRs and APS-C DSLRs. This split between where the camera mounts were exactly the same, say Canon and Nikon, the camera mounts were the same, but the sensor size was different because the sensor itself was the biggest part of manufacturing these cameras. Producing a sensor that was half the size, like an APS-C sensor versus a full-frame sensor, significantly reduced the cost of the camera and allowed camera manufacturers, specifically Canon and Nikon, to bring cameras to the market that were less expensive. But over time, manufacturing efficiencies improved, yields proved, and these sensors came down in cost. And now the relative, the proportionate, the portion of the cost that the sensor uh, consumes is much, much lower. In other words, you can make a full-frame camera and it doesn't have to be super expensive. And that's why we see full-frame cameras that are brand new, like $1,400, $1,500. And we see micro four-thirds cameras that are same price, sometimes even more. $2,000 uh, because it's not just about the sensor size anymore, but it used to be. So when Micro Four Thirds was born, this allowed Micro Four Thirds to come in at a much lower cost, not just size, but that isn't as important as it used to be. Let's take a moment and thank my sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace makes amazing websites for just about any purpose, whether it's a restaurant or a law office or whatever. But me personally, I use it for my portfolio. You can see it at northropphotography.com. That's just one way to show off your pictures. They have lots of different templates to choose from. You do not have to be an HTML or CSS nerd. You can use their professionally designed templates to make your website and your pictures look great. And me personally, I use my portfolio as kind of a high score. It's the way I keep track of my own best work. And that really drives me to take better pictures because when I go out and take a picture, I think I want to make my portfolio better. I want to take a great picture today so I can get rid of the worst picture on my portfolio. It's not the best set of pictures in the world. It's just where I am at right now in my pursuit of the best photography ever. And I will keep doing that for the rest of my life. And Squarespace is right there with me. They make it super easy to update. If this sounds intriguing to you, check it out. It's totally free, no credit card required. Go to squarespace.com Tony. And if you love it, use the coupon code Tony for 10% off. Now, a little bit of background in the math of imaging. I've covered this before, the Crop Factor series of videos, which came out like four years ago, more than four years ago, believe it or not. You can check out a write-up of it and a series of really long videos at sdp.io slash crop, and that'll give you the background that you need. But Crop Factor has been a huge part in both the marketing and the reality of Micro Four Thirds. Uh, and I, I am of the belief that if you want to compare full-frame cameras to micro four-thirds cameras and you are interested in results rather than numbers, 
then you need to apply the crop factor to both the focal length and the aperture, or it makes no sense at all. But much of the marketing around these cameras has been built on applying the crop factor to the focal length, but not the aperture. And the companies have used that to overstate the capabilities of the cameras, and many consumers have bought into that. So again, this link will provide you more background into that. But let's get into it a little bit. Part of the magic of Micro Four Thirds was supposed to be the idea that the smaller sensors would allow equally capable but smaller lenses. And here's an example. This is my Nikon D850 with a 24-70 to f2.8. And this is a GH5 with a 12-40 to f2.8. So with crop factor, if you use the Panasonic method of computing crop factor, you would determine that this was a 24-80 to f2.8 full-frame equivalent lens. And so this is amazing. Like, look at the difference in size between these two. The D850 is at least twice as big. It's big and it's heavy, and I would much rather carry around this little GH5. And this is the lesson that we all learned the hard way because we started out this YouTube channel shooting on full frame, a 5D Mark II and then a 5D Mark III. And when the GH4 came out, we were happy to switch and go with less expensive, smaller lenses. But we quickly realized we were just not getting the same results. We were not getting the same noise levels. We were not getting the same background blur. And this was kind of before anybody talked about this aspect of crop factor. And that's what started the whole crop factor thing on our channel. But the reality of it is, uh, while if you use the same f-stop number and you apply crop factor to the focal length, you will get smaller gear. But if you apply the crop factor to both the focal length and the aperture, things stay about the same. Here's a second example. This is the GH5 with the 12 to 40 f2.8, which using my math is equivalent to a 24 to 80 f5.6. And here is an a7 III with a full frame sensor with a 28 to 70 f3.5 to f5.6. So it's actually a little bit of a faster lens, but you can see with equivalent results, the size is the same they're just about exactly the same. Except that this one here has a sensor that's four times bigger. It'll produce images with a quarter the noise in low light, in good light. The sensor size mix has a big impact on image quality. Here's another example. Uh, the Olympus 300 millimeter f4 lens. They advertise it as being equivalent to a full frame 600 millimeter f4 lens. And that would be amazing. As a wildlife photographer, that would be amazing. That's why I have that, because I wanted to check it out, because I was so impressed by the claims. Here is our full-frame 600-millimeter f4 lens. Let's see if we can even get this in the frame. And it's massive. It's way longer than my puny little arm. And it's, uh, I think it's like 12 pounds. We own it. Like, because it was that much better that we dropped $13,000 on it. The marketing around applying the crop factor to the focal length, but not the aperture, didn't check out. And it shows up in your images. There is no substitute for big glass. There just is not. Making the smaller glass, we always got worse results. And we have tested this over and over and over again with a variety of different cameras and lenses. And there is no substitute for big, heavy glass. But there's another misconception that has largely driven the marketing against Micro Four Thirds, and that's that bigger sensors produce better results. 
And I believe that to be a lie too, <laughs> because we still mainly shoot our videos with Micro Four Thirds camera. We're filming this with a Micro Four Thirds camera. We have eight Micro Four Thirds cameras in the studio. Plus we shoot almost everything with our GH5. I, I love it. Uh, I don't need the full frame sensor for that because we use fast glass. I use a Sigma 18 to 35 F1.8 APS-C lens with a speed booster that brings it down to an F11 lens. And in full frame equivalent terms, that would put it at F22, which is very fast. And sure enough, that's enough for us to get beautiful bokeh. That's enough to gather plenty of light in low light. The small sensor produces equivalent results, but people don't realize this. Full frame sensors still have this cachet. People think that full frame sensors are always better regardless of the glass. And that's just not true in our experience. So the messaging we've tried to communicate around crop factor is that, yeah, you can't get away with smaller lenses, but you can get the same results if you put equivalent fast glass on your micro four thirds cameras. But nobody seems to believe that either. <laughs> and as a result, people are still flocking to full frame cameras. And there's an economy of scale there. Like if everybody's buying full frame cameras and the prices of full frame sensors will come down and fewer and fewer people are buying smaller sensors, then the prices of those relative will start to go up some. And at some point it doesn't necessarily make sense. Camera sales are generally shrinking. People are buying fewer and fewer cameras, interchangeable lens cameras overall, because again, because of the smartphones that everybody thinks takes just fine pictures. And for most people, they probably do. So as a result, all the manufacturers are fighting over a shrinking pie. And they all, of course, want a bigger and bigger piece. Right now, Sony is taking the biggest piece of the pie. Fuji is doing a hell of a good job of carving off a bigger piece. Canon and Nikon are just scrambling to get into the mirrorless pie right now. And so where are the micro four thirds manufacturers? Their piece is shrinking really, really fast as people are realizing they can get full frame cameras for about the same price. And people are understanding like, okay, these smaller lenses really aren't delivering the marketing promises that they've had. Here's the real problem. You can scale down manufacturing quite a bit. So you can continue to eat a smaller piece of pie, but still have a profitable business. But one thing that doesn't scale is research and development. You have to put a certain amount of just engineering time into developing a new camera, into keeping up with all the latest features, into sensor development and video codecs and all of that. And you do the R&D once, and then you spread those costs across every camera that you're going to sell. Same thing comes to lenses. If you're developing new lenses, you have a fixed amount of research and development that goes into that, and then you spread those costs across the thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of those that you're going to sell. If your pie is shrinking and suddenly you can't sell that much, then you don't get to distribute the costs of your R&D as much. And at some point, you're not selling enough to justify the R&D to keep up with your competitors. There is that falling off point. When you look at a business and you realize uh, we're not getting enough market share to even compete, so it's better just to stop. And I'm not sure, I would, I'm not sure whether companies like Pentax, Olympus, or Panasonic are going to be able to continue. I, well, okay, Panasonic I think will definitely continue. I'm not sure about Pentax or Olympus at this point. 
Will they be able to still make profit and still continue to develop new cameras um, for the next couple of years? Yes, they're going to be there. But will they be there 10 years from now? I, I can't say for sure. But what I do know is they will not be able to continue to fight full-frame values that come around. Panasonic launching full-frame cameras. Do, do you think it would be smart for them to start this brand new lens mount that has basically no lenses, just a few overpriced Leica lenses. They need to build a whole lens mount from scratch, compete against Fuji, Sony, Canon, and Nikon, who have a big head start in lenses. Do you think it would be wise for them to take their limited R&D budget and continue to split that in half between micro four thirds and their new full frame mount? If you were running Panasonic, is that what you would do? Or would you tell them no? go full force into full frame or micro four thirds. I would tell them pick one or the other and go all in, but don't you dare try to split it up. And I'm sure that that is the conclusion that they will come to internally if they have not already. And I think they have to go for full frame, especially now that they've announced this whole new S1 camera system. Of course they need to go all in. And that means that they're gonna be leaving behind micro four thirds, but there's still Olympus, right? Olympus is still making micro four thirds cameras. And will they continue that? Or will they come out with something new that's full frame? We're going to see, I think we're going to see something from them soon. That's what the rumors say, but I don't happen to know. And I'm not sure what direction they're going to go. If they decide to go the lonely path down micro four thirds, could be really difficult for them. It's certainly going to be difficult for them to sell higher end cameras priced about the same as full frame cameras. You know, something like the EM1, which sold new for $2,000, would never be able to hang with something like a full frame A7 III. These are tough choices. Nobody really knows the decisions that the companies are going to make or how they're going to go. But I think they will not be able to continue active development of micro four thirds, despite the fact that there's a massive micro four thirds base, including ourselves willing to invest in new equipment. I predict for us personally, we'll be migrating away from micro four thirds over the next couple of years as Panasonic loses their niche of making just awesome vlogging cameras. I bet we'll be all full frame within the next 12 months and we'll be selling all our micro four thirds gear probably for a loss. But what do you think is going to happen and what do you want to happen? Me, I want as much competition as possible. I want diversity in the camera systems. I want to see the Olympus and Panasonic brands continue on. I love all our Blackmagic Micro Four Thirds cameras. I love our Inspire drone, which has a Micro Four Thirds camera on it. I love that any, system, any camera manufacturer can jump into that mount and use all those lenses interchangeably. But I don't think that we're gonna be seeing any new Micro Four Thirds gear five years from now. Next year, yeah, you'll probably see some new stuff, but then it's gonna fade out quickly. Let me know, and thank you to our sponsor, Squarespace. If you want an awesome website to show off your pictures, whether they were made with Micro Four Thirds or something else, go to squarespace.com Tony, get a 14-day free trial, no credit card required. If you love it, and only if you love it, you can use the coupon code Tony to get 10% off. Thanks.